Welcome, everybody, to this edition of PHLY Union Podcast. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, JP Zapata. Of course, as you guys can tell, Renee is not here. She's taking the mushy today off. She deserves it. So, of course, today we are joined by special guest Evan Cohen. He is a writer of Philadelphia Soccer now. So make sure you guys welcome Evan. Of course, behind our glass, we got our producer, Tyler Zuli. Welcome on in, everyone, here today. Evan, first off, welcome on in. Thank you for coming on in, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Zola it up. Make it through the offseason. Ah, dude, that is that is a tale for all of us Union fans, it feels like, man. But it, it is so good to have you in here, man. I, I love your work on Twitter. You always have Thank some you. great takes, some funny tweets as well. And yes, breaking news, the Union will not be in the European Super League, according to Evan. <laughs> so that was, that was uh, great as well. Had some fun with that one, yeah. Absolutely. Evan, like, I, I think we got to start this off because... Obviously, look, 2022, the ending, more optimism for the Union fan heading in season. There was more pride, right? Because we took LAFC all the way down yeah, to the yeah. line. This all season, the, the sentiment's not really the same. So I want to hear it from you personally, man. Like, where are you at with this team, man? You know, I feel like I'm a little bit more optimistic than most right now. Uh, obviously, you know, it's really hard to replicate such a good season. It's so hard to replicate you know, breaking records for goal scoring and goals against it's, you know, it just wasn't sustainable. The bounces didn't go the same way and, you know, the luck wasn't there. And, you know, I, I don't know if I personally saw it as the biggest step back in the world, but maybe just less breaks and a little bit more of a return to normal. Uh, obviously the way it ended wasn't fun yeah. and a little bit controversial in its own right. <laughs> uh, but now that, you know, we've had a month or so to let the dust settle and let the season end. I feel better than I thought I would. And I don't, you know, I think the roster can compete. I don't think that as many changes are needed as I originally thought. Um, so, you know, I feel optimistic as long as we can meet what needs to be done. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I've always said, like, this past year, look, we had high hopes. And it was expected because we went all the way to the final of the MLS Cup. That's something we've been looking for for the longest of times. But no, you factor in a lot of issues that a lot of the league had with the scheduling. You know, you saw players being injured left and right. You know, you had even our players yeah. even calling out the MLS itself like, hey, guys, like help us out a little bit. Maybe look into this. We're playing way too many games. It's not really helping us out. Traveling the United States is no one ever considers it as a soccer fan worldwide, but it Absolutely. is a kind of a pain in, in this country for sure, man. So, I mean, it, it's just tough. I, I understand the fan base because we're seeing what's going on around the league. We'll talk about some of it a little bit later as well. But for us as Union fans, like we kind of look at it like, all right, this league is obviously changing up, right? Like you see what's going on in Miami, some of these other teams. Where are we? And I think that's like where the fan base is at right now. Like where are we? We were just an elite team for like the last four to five seasons. Yeah. So now that it does seem like this league is turning the page, where does that leave us? And I think that is where the fans are just a little bit impatient and just not sure what's going to happen. Absolutely. I think there's an identity thing that needs to be solved. And That's a good point. there's obviously always going to be the Miamis and the LAFCs and, you know, whichever big market team is bringing in a big name 
whether you know they're too old to actually do it here or not. And we're never going to be that team. We're never going to bring in you know the big, expensive, 38-year-old player. But there are teams that have, to an extent, done that, or avoided that, rather, and still had their success. I think about Seattle, even though they've had a couple of bigger names. They've used their youth products. They've used a lot of, you know, budget-friendly guys who follow the, you know, South American format. And they found success. They found, you know, all but one season out of, I believe, 14, 15 in the playoffs, Champions League winners. They've, they found their success. They found an identity. And everyone knows who they are and what they're about. And there's room for more teams like that. And I think we really need to solidify, you know, what we are and what this team is moving forward. And you know, try to take on that role. Very good point. I want to say hello. We got Franco F in the chat. What's going on? An exciting season for you too. Dude, you and a couple others led the way of our own supporters group for the Union too, man. That was awesome what you guys did this year. Yeah, I mean, we started kind of, not not so much as a joke, but, you know, it was free for season ticket members. And, you know, we had nothing to do on, I think it was a Thursday, random time. (laughs) So, you know, we drove down, we had a good time, and we made it a tradition and... I mean, there's some stuff in the works, not that I can reveal yet, but yeah, absolutely. It, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more official this year and a little bit more uh, structured. That That's extremely important. I'm glad that Franco brings that up because as this league grows and we are also growing the MLS Next Pro teams as well, like that's so important because absolutely. those players, you know, they're going out there, they're grinding. Not a lot of people see the hard work that they have to put in to develop themselves, but showing the fan base, yeah. showing support behind that. I think that that is super dope, man. Uh, and also, you know, being able to see the next BA, the next Mark Absolutely. McKenzie, that's a plus in its own. Any players we should keep an eye out on the Utent Union too, off the bat? Absolutely, it's going to be David Vasquez. I know that there Dude, was sick. talks at the end of the season from um, Curtin and Tanner about getting him on a first-team deal. I believe he's only 17 or 18. Um, he's special. I saw him at the U-17 World Cup, I believe that was, um, okay. a couple weeks ago, and that kid is that kid's going to be so so good and we got to be able to use him while we have him uh, if he's able to get some first team minutes for us and you can really see the talent uh, at U2 you know you're right there there's not a, there's not there's no distractions it's just 11 guys on each side and pure talent um, i also think you know you can see the homegrowns the guys that are first teamers Quinn Sullivan is the best example you put him in next pro i he looked like messi he was you know he must <laughs> like have beat that. eight guys in a row and it's there's too many guys to list. It's yeah. the talent there is incredible. No, I mean, I, I've heard David Vasquez. Obviously, there's been talks about him signing with the senior team as yeah. well. Uh, so the the hype is definitely there for a guy like David Vasquez. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm excited. These these This is like you talked about. This is our identity. Yes. We don't go. We're not LAFC. We're not Miami. We're not signing the big players in Europe that are aging for sure. But what we want and I think like any Philadelphia, any Philly sports fan should like this. Being able to find our talent within our own backyard that we can call our own, I think that's that's pretty special. I think everyone should definitely be able to get behind that, man. Absolutely. I mean, I even look at Columbus, who, you know, they won the cup this year. They won the first MLS Next Pro Cup last year. They were the runners-up this year. That's a year. good point, man. Uh, last year's championship team, they ran through that league. And the keeper, best keeper in the league last year, Patrick yeah. Schulte, who yeah. just won the MLS Cup with big saves. Mo Farsi started MLS Cup and started for the next pro team the year before. They played the same style. They play, you know, really so fluid. Huge, and they're able to pull guys up when injuries arise. And they're able to just, it blends together so well. And it creates that identity we talked about. Absolutely, man. Well, a lot, there's a lot of talk of identity and homegrowns. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about a sponsor of ours that is homegrown for sure. 
wheelhouse cards ladies and gentlemen guys this is the best place for all my card my, my card people who would like to collect cards this is definitely the place you can stop by either one of our stores in wayne or westchester open seven days a week uh from 11 a.m and you can use the code phly to get ten dollars off any purchase twenty five dollars or more in store Guys, that's an in-store promo code. I know we all like to go online and buy our stuff through some type of app or website, but that's the beauty of Wheelhouse because it is homegrown, it's within our backyard, and you can see the merchandise up close and personal. So again, use the promo code PHLY, $10 off a purchase, $25 or more in-store, and thank you to our sponsor here at Wheelhouse. All right. Let's get let's move on here, Evan. I want to look a little bit now at this the scheduling. We had the schedule last week. I know some people I already saw Mike Thomas on Twitter. He's already announcing where he's freaking going. I'm jealous. I want to go to Costa Rica too. But I digress. But our own Larry Henry put out a fantastic article that you guys should absolutely check out as well. Um, Larry Henry, number one, first off, thank you so much for all the work you've been putting in. Some great articles for us here. Uh, but we're gonna. But in that article, guys, Larry gave us his five matchups that you should be circling right now on the calendar. And again, you guys can watch this on. Sorry, you guys can read this on PHLY Sports by Larry Henry. So the five matches that Larry is circling: the February twenty fourth matchup against the Chicago Fire, the April sixth matchup here against Nashville Soccer Club, Miami June fifteenth. No, no need to kind of explain that, right? The reigning MLS Cup champs, now we have to say, Columbus Crew on August 24th and on September 18th against NYCFC. We got Jose in the chat. Guys, give a quick shout out to Jose Nunez in the chat here. Where is Kyle Wood? Kyle, I wonder where Kyle is today. I think he's working. Hard at work, man. We love it. He's uh, choo-chooing his way to work, Jose, the, cap the captain of the, the choo-choo fan club there. But, of course, we have here the schedule, Evan. I know for myself, I get excited because I'm like looking at the schedule. I'm like, babe, how do you feel about like a Chicago trip in August? So for you, have you circled any of these matchups here that you're like looking at to make a little trip? Oh yeah, we've been uh, we've been debating amongst my friends and I, you know, what trips we're gonna take this year. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a bunch of us being college students all across the country, we miss you know the easy ones, the New Yorks and the DCs this year. Uh, but we were looking at you know the Revolution early in May. You know, we can probably you can probably do that. Some trains uh, and whatnot. I haven't been to Foxborough yet, and I've heard some mixed things, but it's been it's been on the bucket list. And then I think we're gonna head down to Charlotte the next week. Ooh. Uh, we've been all trying to get down to Charlotte the first two years, and hasn't lined up. So I think this is the year we do it, and we'll we'll see if we find anything else along the way. It is a lot of fun. I, I for me, I've only been able to do Atlanta as far as the MLS goes. I would love to do some more trips. Um, I think for me, I keep saying this every year too. I mean, it's funny you say that. I want to do one of the local ones because I, I just want to knock those out of the way. Like NYCFC, you know, because obviously we don't know when they'll be able to move into Queens permanently mm -hmm. if that ever does happen, of course. Red Bull, I've actually been to Red Bull Arena plenty of times, but never yeah. for the MLS. Uh, and then DC, obviously, it's an easy trip there. So, like, I'm going to say, like, I definitely just want to check out those local ones. We got some pretty good arenas right? stadiums here around here, too. I mean, the baseball stadiums aren't great, but uh, <laughs> NYC the last two years has been the most fun I've had at games. It is. Really? Okay. We bring a big crowd up there, That's and right. there's nothing like it. You know, out singing them in their own stadium. It's it's a fun time. So where do they put the supporters at Yankee Stadium? Yankee, we were up uh, right, like first base, and okay. then up, way up. So we were just shouting down. We had a roof over us. It echoed. It was real fun. Uh, and then City Field, oddly enough, this year, we were on top of the dugout. 
uh, at home plate. Mm. So we were way off the field, but okay. we were right, you know, we were field level right next to the player tunnel. Uh, so that made for some fun after we uh, beat them pretty, pretty handedly. Absolutely, man. I was like, boot. Oh, yes. He pointed out the bootleg sweater. Shouts to bootleg. Bootleg MLS, right? Yeah, bootleg MLS. I, I, I seen the Brujo ones. Sponsorship. And, yeah. <laughs> but let's go. Pair it up. <laughs> bootleg, you know where to call. You know where to find us. Call us. All right. <laughs> but I do. I definitely do love it. And then Franco F. I'd love to go. Ooh, Austin. Austin. I, I did just come back from Austin. I will say it's a great sports town. When you're talking about what to do for nightlife, actually going to see the game, uh, whether it be Austin, uh, Texas football as well, I think it's set up perfectly for a sport event that you're trying to attend to, a nice little way trip there. So definitely that's that's definitely one to check out. And Q2, dude, beautiful. Got to get down there. Dude, got to go to that one. That's absolutely beautiful. We're gonna, we're gonna go we're gonna go behind the glass here, Tyler. Hey, I, I know. Like, up? listen, you you have traveled around for baseball. Yeah, have you ever yeah. Thought- the 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 baseball stadium, the the soccer pitch in a baseball stadium thing is odd to me, and that's that's kind of why my answer is almost a little bit hypocritical, um, <laughs> because it's the same for football stadiums too. Like, I, I think the only one that genuinely does it super super well is Atlanta. Like, and and that's that's because of the fan base more than the stadium, and, and plus. You know, the Superdome's beautiful, uh, or, or Mercedes-Benz is beautiful. Um, but for our sake, maybe you and I and, and Renee and Jamie, we, we can figure something out here because the Union are in Chicago on July 3rd. That's why we love Tyler. The Phillies are also in Chicago July 2nd through the 4th. I think we have a PHLY trip just booked. Like, I don't know how we make it happen, but we do... Union on the the night of the third, we do uh, the Cubs July fourth, two twenty first pitch. I think we got to figure out a way to make that happen. I love where your twisted mind is heading. And oh, I've had time to think about this. Don't worry, <laughs> this isn't this isn't off the cuff. He's got the whole business. I'm working business up. packages with Vince behind the scenes. <laughs> but this is perfect because Tyler, we do have a partner. Uh, we do have a flagship station or network out in Chicago. Shout out to CHGO. That's what I'm saying. We got, got e- easy time. access to a, a studio. Oh. We, we got everything we need. I think this is like a no-brainer. JP, I've been thinking about this for a while. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> that that sounds like a really fun trip to do, man. So so I mean, I, so for Tyler, obviously Chicago would be on his bucket list. So at, that would definitely be a lot of fun. So now more towards soccer-wise. On paper, what matchup to you seems to be like the most intriguing matchup for the Philly? Just on paper, an entertaining soccer match. Uh, there's some good ones in there. Um, I, I really think the beginning of the season is interesting. Uh, those Western Conference swing, I believe it's after it's Chicago, it's five dude. straight with the Western Conference. Yeah, man. And the thing I keep thinking about is that's prime uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup. So there's a chance, you know, there's, I believe, Pachuca and... Um, Toluca or whoever comes out of the other branch if the Union advance there. Yeah. It could be a really crowded seven, eight game uh, month for the Union. And so, you know, like last year, they dropped a lot of points in that stretch, as mm-hmm. just about every team in MLS does when they're in uh, CONCACAF Champions League or now Cup. If they can drop those points to Western Conference teams rather than Eastern Conference teams, that could be huge down the stretch. We saw, you know, they were one or two games back of Orlando down the whole stretch, a team that they played days before they had to travel. Um, for CONCACAF Champions League, and mm-hmm. the same thing goes with uh, Cincinnati. Obviously, the gap extended, but three points we handed to Cincinnati in between the Atlas legs. Mm-hmm. So 
I think any of those Western Conference games could be really interesting. Uh, I think those run through pretty much the beginning of April. Yeah, dude. I mean, like even March after Saprissa. Yeah. SKC, Seattle, Austin, Portland, Minnesota, uh, all were either playoff or borderline playoff team last year in the exactly. Western Conference. Dude, like we're talking about last year and the grueling schedule that was a 2023 season. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, like we're oh, looking at yeah. this and we're like, well, how the hell are we supposed to survive the early parts of this season? But like, I, I agree with you. Like, unfortunately, the, the, the matter is, and obviously we, we talked about US Open Cup looks like MLS teams. Unfortunately, you're probably gonna have to play in that as well. But yeah. prioritizing tournaments and competitions, Absolutely. it's gonna be the tough part about this scheduling here. And then you're gonna have to go through that as well. Like, so how do, do I sit out this player? Do I put in this player? We don't. We haven't even figured out the depth to even kind of contemplate these types of scenarios Absolutely. ahead. And I think the one good thing about that is I believe uh, I saw this somewhere. I can't remember who had it, but after that stretch, they don't go west to the Central Time Zone for the rest of the year. And so, and I believe the home stretch in the summer, it's like nine of thirteen games are at home. They've got a really heavy home slate once these competitions end. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be the quickest and best start, but if they can recover from that well, and if they can. The stretch they had in May and June last year was really, really good and put them back up to second after a rough start. If they can do that again and you know, maintain it up through Leagues Cup, they might just be okay. I know the end of the season is where I was going with this. It's tough. It's uh, Orlando, Columbus, Atlanta, and Cincinnati as the last four games of the mm-hmm. season. That's tough. They're going to need a bit of a cushion before that. I, I agree. And it's funny, like looking back at last year, like you said, they did start off slow. Yeah. But right before Leagues Cup, it did feel like they started putting it together. Yeah. They go on their Leagues Cup run, run into Messi Miami, and that kind of changed around the, the season a little bit. So we're going to keep an eye out and see how the union kind of manages this, this, the scheduling this time around this year. Absolutely. I think the other thing to note with the schedule is I was looking at both Miami games. Uh, mm-hmm. They play them home the 15th of June yep. and they're away September 14th. The home game especially, I was looking at, uh, it's the last game before Copa America and it's the first game after the June international break when I believe most of the Copa America teams are playing their uh, their tune-up games. Yeah. I can't imagine a lot of these guys are going from international duty getting ready for Copa America, coming back for the one game and then going back. Yeah. I have to imagine, you know, that's also the first game of the Euros. So you look at guys like Daniel Gazdag, who Hungary played the same day. If he gets the call up that he deserves, he won't be there. You're looking at possibly two very shorthanded teams uh, despite all the stars. And the same thing in September. Uh, it's the first game after an international break and you've got teams like Argentina that could be playing as little as three days before that game in a different continent. So there's a really, really solid chance, I think, that some of these huge names maybe aren't there on both sides. Yeah, and that's that's going to be the tricky part for all of these MLS teams, man. Yeah, Evan, do you got like a Google Calendar in them? Uh, prepped a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I need I need some of that. I, I like that. No, that's it's definitely something to keep in mind for. And so, I mean, to me, we have uh, tor- uh, CONCACAF tournaments as well this yeah. summer as well. We'll see who does get called up here for this team. But uh, no, it's it's definitely good points to bring up here, especially with yeah. those tournaments and these and these players that are going to be participating in that as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that segment right there was a sponsor here by our one of our new sponsors here in Rocket Money, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, have you ever wondered, what am I actually paying for? I know that sounds crazy and all, but you'd be surprised the amount of people who don't even realize they're paying for certain subscriptions. It's easy to do. You get Netflix, your partner gets Netflix, and a couple years down the line, you both have it, you didn't even realize it. Well, our new sponsor here, ladies and gentlemen, has you covered here. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 5 million in canceled subscriptions. Guys, these are wild numbers. So right now, guys, stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by using rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y, rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y to start right now on savings, guys. Come on. I'm sure Tyler's got some subscriptions over there he's trying to get rid of as well. I got way too many subscriptions. <laughs> I got subscriptions for subscriptions. Dude, I had an issue with Fubo because I was getting it for, for I'm sorry, Comable qualifications because yeah. that was what we used to use as South Americans. And they were charging me for a year, and I didn't even know that. And so until I started looking, I started actually diligently looking at my statements, and I was like, you know, I need to cancel this. Man, you don't even have to do the work <laughs> with Rocket Money. You just, you just let it happen. That's it, man. I mean, you got to do a little bit of work. Oh, just a, just a little can, bit. As long as you can spell your name, I think you'll be pretty much okay. You'll be good. <laughs> and, and and if you're like Bill Matz over at PHOI Flyers team, you don't like talking to customer service reps, well, rocket money. All right, guys. I absolutely love it. All right. Well, I want to look now because, Evan, it's the fun time, depending on who you are. It's the off-season time. We can do some speculations. Guys, if you want to, like, imagine a world where Griezmann plays for your team. You can do it. We could go on FIFA right now. We can act like what, what would it look like. So, look, I, I think for a lot of Union fans, like, I think it's, you know, self-explanatory. Signings need to happen, right? Like, signings do need to happen. I think that the signings that we've had so far in the offseason is not going to suffice the Union fans, right? So, what I want to start off by asking to you here, there's two things that I consistently see throughout the Unionverse. And that's number one, the re-signing of Kai and Alley. And number two, a big signing, a big, a big money player signing, bigger than what we've done before. So what I want to ask for you from you, what's more likely to happen? Kai and Alley returning or the unions dishing big dough on a player? I'm gonna be honest, I don't see a world where they're really going to spend that kind of money on someone new, someone unproven, someone, you know, even if the stats suggest that they're gonna they're going to work in MLS, which there are plenty of trends to follow if you look across the league. We're not a team that takes those kind of risks, and especially with that kind of money involved uh, to outbid some of these other teams. However, you know, you look at this the roster we've kept together for years and years and years, and we've managed more than any other team in this league to keep the core together. Obviously, things have been quite rocky with both of these players, and we should hopefully know very soon, but... I think there's a much greater chance they're re-signing one, if not both, um, of Bedoya and Wagner. Um, I know that the Bedoya talks, from what we were able to hear, turned around a bit. Yeah. Uh, from what little bit of information we did get, it didn't seem like he was asking for a ton. It didn't seem like he was asking for anything crazy unreasonable. Um, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he needs to be out there 90 minutes a game, and I think everyone can agree on that across the board. And I'm sure there's a solution in there. Um, obviously, the Wagner situation has been super up and down and hard to follow. And I truly have no idea if he's going to be here uh, in a week from now or not. But I think there's a much greater chance of that than us going out and spending that kind of money on someone new. Yeah, I, I, I'll start off with the Ali and Kai thing. Um, the Ali thing was weird to me, especially like when those rumors came out. Yeah. Only because like this is a guy, if you look at the union success, and this is the most success we've ever had in club history, like Ali's face, Jim's face, and Andre's faces are the three faces that I see in like this success that we've had recently. 
So for them to not like come into some type of agreement, which is clear that Ali wants to still wear the blue and gold. Like I don't know how like we can't come up to an agreement. I, I agree. At this point of Ali's career, what he's here for is more of an emotional support. He's super smart out on the pitch, and you can clearly tell that when he's out there, he gets guys in position, and he's a very vocal yeah. leader, and that's ex- ex- super important. So, like, I, I think, like, Ali coming back, like, it just seems to me like a no-brainer, Evan. With Kai, it's obviously so much more complicated because of what happened during the playoffs. Obviously, like, we're not, especially, like, a good portion of this fan base still is not overlooking what happened Absolutely. with Bobby Wood. And there are rumors, there are rumblings, like Belgrade's looking at, at Kai Wagner. We got Athens looking at Kai Wagner as well. There's teams in Bundesliga and Serie A also looking at Kai Wagner. So, like, I'll be honest, I don't see how Kai comes back. And it's not even because of a second chance or any of that conversation. I just think that for Kai, who's have voice that he wants to return back to Europe, he wants to go play at one of those bigger leagues. I think that with the with this opportunity now, with him being a free agent, I think more likely he goes over to Europe. Yeah, I definitely think that that was always the likeliest option. And we've talked about this for three years now, about how <laughs> this window he's gone. The next window Those he's gone. Those rumors, man. He's, he's been rumored to every Premier League team I can, <laughs> I can even name. And yet he still is always here. And I think the really interesting thing for me is it seemed done. It seemed like he was absolutely out of here the second this season ended. And since then, it's only worked its way back to more of a question, to more of something that might be 50-50. And... I, I truly am of the understanding that, you know, if he wanted to be in Europe and obviously the window opens uh, a week from now, or a little bit less, which is a massive player in this. But as a free agent, I think if he wanted to be in Europe, he'd be he'd be so close to something or we, we'd know by now. Uh, yeah. I think that's maybe that's false hope. Maybe that's looking too far into it. But I, I think there would be something more clear by now. And I think the fact that it's been this confusing and hidden and, you know, all over the place only means that the offer we gave him uh, that final offer that they talked about last week, I believe. Right. It's got to be at least something he's considering, or, or we'd know by now, I believe. So. Yeah, I wonder if maybe some of these Euro teams aren't offering maybe something he likes, and you know, yeah. he's not old, but like you know, he's closer to thirty than he is to twenty, exactly. and so maybe he also has to be thinking, okay, I do maybe want to play for Europe, but if Philly's going to give me a little more money, then I'm comfortable here. My family's comfortable exactly. here. You know, why not? Obviously, like, dude, like, I, we all saw, like, those stories. Like, he seems comfortable living in this Philly area. Yeah, he's got, absolutely. He's got his old neighborhood group that he's hanging out with. I kind of want that too, Kai. Like, shit. That seems pretty awesome, man. Um, but, all right, let me ask you. So, game one at Subaru Park. Kai Wagner is back. What is the reception by the fan base? I truly can't speak for, you know, the other 18,000 people who are going to be there. In fact, I won't, I won't be right. there. But for the 18,000 people that will be there uh barring some you know late february weather that we always seem to get but i i don't know i i really don't it's it's been a really weird relationship with him and i feel like he's you know he's been such a fan favorite for years he's been such a key piece of this team for years and you know myself and many other people with all the stuff that was happening in the playoffs were ready to see him go it made i feel like the goodbye a little bit a little bit easier right um you know, it, it was obviously bitter, but now, you know, there's people who don't want to see him play for us again. There's people who would take him back for whatever amount of money he wants. And even some people who are willing to pay him, you know, an absurd amount, more than, more than I would ever consider um, for the same production. So I think it's going to be really mixed. And I think we're going to have to see what happens over the next two months yeah. before we even have any idea. 
Yeah, man, we had way too much drama this past Way year. too much. It, I, it was funny because Renee and I were always saying, like, we kind of feel like the Sixers right now. <laughs> yeah. All this drama, like, unnecessary drama we have had. It's been absolutely crazy here, man. Um, all right, so let's look at the other part about that. So the spending big money on a player. This is something I've been hearing since I was a kid. And when I when I was, like, in the early 2010s when the union were starting, like, obviously I wanted them to go find a David Beckham type of player. Of course. And so, like, as we got – as, you know, we've all got older as union fans, we all kind of – you know, I think we, we made the reality, like, known, like, to ourselves. Like, we might not spend big money on a player. Obviously, we had, like, Marco Fabian, which is really fun. Like, I remember that signing. I'm thinking, like, we got our big player. Like, this is Marco Fabian. Like, people know him here. Um, but in 2020, now we're heading in 24, the big player to me that I like the model that I always look at Evan, is like that player who's in that bigger, the bigger leagues, like the premier league, Serie A, Bundesliga, you name it. But Evan, you know, there's like so many players that are young on those big teams who do not get consistent minutes for their development Absolutely. and just need a place to play. And that's where I've wanted the union to just take advantage of those type of players, especially with Ernst and his yeah. pedigree over in Europe. I mean, look at our season ended. Well, I, that player. <laughs> I, I, you make a great point. There's so many guys on great European teams who have great training and could absolutely tear up this league in any way who are buried on the bench or, you know, have a world-class player ahead of them. Many of whom would love to, you know, live in the United States would love to, you know, be in a city like this and, I'm sure there's plenty of guys that fit that profile. And then you look at the other side of it. I think the closest we've gotten is Carranza in terms of someone maybe using us as a stepping stone. And that was, you know, untraditional, obviously, with him intending to use Miami and how we were able to navigate that. But uh, I think Garth Lagerway, who's down in Atlanta running the thing, running the show there and was yeah. in Seattle for years. I talked about how they got these big names to to create that identity. He was the one responsible for all that. And he talks about there's a mold. It's you got to find a guy who can do it in multiple places. He's been outside of their home country and has won games and facilitated and put up goals and assists if that's the kind of player they are. And, you know, has proven they can settle in somewhere. And that's when you spend the money. And that's how you get guys like Nico Adero and guys who they might not be the flashy name like David Beckham or obviously Messi, but the guy that's going to win you a Champions League because he's going to be, you know, a captain. He's going to be someone who can just run the show for years. There, there's wanting the one-year rental guy, and then there's wanting someone who can come in and be one of your stars for years and years. And that's, I think, how you really solidify yourself as a club that's constantly competing. And, you know, I look at New York City, who had some great players, you know, yeah. Alexander Collins, uh, Sean Johnson even, was there pretty much the whole time. And these really big top-level MLS talent, who as soon as they left, you know, they sank down out of the playoffs and... You got to stay, you got to stay competitive if you really want to build this identity and keep the fan base happy. No, those are obviously really good points that you bring up here. Uh, Jose letting us know average union fan probably, I guess, could the Kai Bogner situation. Average union fan probably has no idea what happened, not excusing his stupid decision he made. I, I, I guess so. You know, it's funny because we had, we had the conversation, like the amount of union fans that aren't on Twitter. Absolutely. And like Twitter really does help us staying up to date of what's going on, even though it's a social media platform. But no, I, I, I can definitely see that. And, you know, for a lot of fans, you know, it's, you know, what are you doing on the field? And that's really what they do care yeah. about. Marco Fabian, the indoor soccer, <laughs> is about to be part owner of the Empire Strike. I did see that goal. I did see this. It was a nice goal. Dude, he's taking advantage of this indoor soccer league. Dude, there's some like, I mean, what was it, like Jermaine Jones and Landon Donovan yeah. played on a team in San Diego, yeah. I think. 
Like it's it's some fun soccer. There's been some names. I think JP Telecamera has some uh, some ownership in there. Okay. Mistaken. I guess um, bring back the kicks while we're at it. Too. Let's, let's get some Philly indoor soccer going. We're already going to Union Two games. I got I got plenty of time clearly. So <laughs> bring back the kicks, right, Tom? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's just another team to facilitate in the city. Uh huh. The Sounds PHLY great. Kicks podcast, dude. You never uh, heard of it? I would be I'd be the host, producer, owner, <laughs> operator. Yeah, I know it all, right? Uh, if you guys don't mind, the one thing I I, I wanted to to bring up with the uh, yeah. with the Ali Bedoya point that you you were talking about. By uh, Alejandro Bedoya is a better man than I because and maybe listen maybe like you guys were talking about comfortability plays a factor family plays a factor but the way that this whole thing has transpired has been downright disrespectful to your captain I mean this is downright disrespectful to any player but the guy that has been your captain for you know, a multitude of years is going to be either player two or player three to go up in your ring of honor because it's him and Andre Blake are yeah. probably the next two to, to go alongside Seba. Uh, if I were him, this would be a large middle finger to the union ownership at this point because it felt like he got a large middle finger to him. And I know you guys talked about it. It's kind of cleared the air a little bit. Contractual conversations have been better as of late. But but quite frankly, like if there was an offer that was as good or better, this may just be like a, a double finger salute to the union at this point if I were Bedoya. And that's why I say he's a better man than me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you, man. It, it, it's such a weird thing, like, I compare it to, I mean, I think the closest for Philly sports fans recently would be B Dog back back in 09. I, I guess like that time was a little bit different for me because I don't I just remember seeing the notification or whatever it was back then that Dawkins is a member of the Denver Broncos. And I'm just like pissed off. I'm like, how do you not keep them around? But you don't think about logistics, you don't think about the money that these guys have to make, especially the NFL, even if it was 2009, you're talking about a lot more money than what MLS players are making. But no, like there has to be like a sense of like respect. Like you're talking about club legends, franchise legends, whatever it may be. Business happens and you may not be able to retain these players, but there has to be a certain level of respect. You, like if the rumor is true about the 22nd conversation, which obviously is all speculation at this point, that's just super disrespectful, and that's something you just don't do to your captain at all. It, it was just a weird situation. Well, and like you guys said, too, like if, if, if Bedoya came to them and said, I want three years at fill-in-the-blanks, you know, multi-six figures or multi-seven figures, then the union go, all right, dude, you're out of your mind. Like you understand our model. You understand our concept. And quite frankly, you understand your monetary value on this team at this point. Uh, but if, if the conversation was, you know, relatively fair amounts of money and relatively again because i think that he's playing a fraction of the minutes that he was a couple seasons ago but jp you guys talked about it a couple weeks ago 51 games they played last year Mm -hmm. i don't care if the guy can only run for 30 minutes now at this point having a an established veteran who can run for 25 or 30 minutes when you're playing 51 games over the course of 38 weeks or whatever it comes out to be i think it's significant and I, and I think a, a lot of the sentiment that a lot of Union fans have too and why they want him back is I think a lot of Union fans envision him doing the Roy Kent, right? Becoming yeah. the player manager, eventually becoming a manager within our system. Obviously, the man knows how to lead because you watch it in the 90 minutes every match. The guys respond to him mm-hmm. on the pitch, and Jim eludes it all the time. Allie's his coach on the field, yeah. and that's been so crucial of our success as well, being able to have that voice, have that mind out in the pitch. 
he's so important. And if if it that if that does come to be, he becomes a, a manager down the line within our system. I think that is a plus. But obviously, Ali needs to do what's best for him and his family, and that is what's going to be the tricky part here. Yeah, I mean, we talk about identity over and over about how you want to have an identity and how you need to be consistent. And Ali's the union man. That starts with someone like that. You know, you have got Jim Curtin, you've got someone who you know bleeds blue and gold and has you know embodied this team for a decade. And someone that, you know, the players want to go out and play for and the guys want to fight for. And when you're playing, what, 50, 60 games in, you know, the worst travel conditions probably in the world for for the sport, you've got to have guys who want to play 90 hard minutes for you every single every single game, every single week even. And if Bedoya can be that guy on the field, you, you've seen these these pep talks he gives before the game in the oh, locker room. I'm going to run through a wall. I would run through a wall for this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can have that kind of guy... Obviously, I mean, Andre Blake, who would probably take the armband full-time sure. if, if uh, Ali Bedoya were to walk. For sure. Still, you know, an absolute leader and a legend, but you don't you don't pass up a guy like this, even if it's, as long as he's willing to take, you know, a bit of a cut on, you know, obviously the minutes, and I'm not sure what the financial situation is, but I, I can't imagine he's asking for anything crazy. I, you you got to make it work. Something has to give, man. Like, I, I mean, I, even like he comes back in 2024, I'm not envisioning like a starter. I'm envisioning a rotational piece. Yeah. And the thing is, like, one of the issues that we haven't really talked about, the issues with 23, dude, our bench was pretty thin. Absolutely. And I guess my next question is, should Ernst kind of steer away from that MLS market? It didn't really pan out too, too well. Obviously, Lowe was solid this yeah. year. But, like, how should Ernst handle the MLS market? I'm not quite sure, honestly, because it's so player by player. And it's true, true. I mean, that's the issue with the bargain bin is it's awesome when you get a guy like Carranza for, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars of, you know, whatever Garber money we're using. Thank you, that, Miami, that, by the that way. Day. Um, but, you know, it's that in a draft pick when you're getting Carranza on a negligible amount of money and you're probably going to take in, what, $10 million from that. I, that's the hope, at least. You know, it, it's a it's a great thing. And you're getting a guy that's helping you, you know, scoring, you know, double digit goals two seasons in a row, getting you there. Um like when you look at that, why aren't we doing this? You know, why aren't we always on the phone looking for these guys? Damian Lowe, you know, he had his ups and downs this year, but he's a starting level center back that got for pushed sure. out by a by a guy that got brought in. Uh, and there are plenty of guys in this league who can be great, solid pieces for us and are starting level quality that can't find the minutes and are not terribly expensive to bring in. Absolutely, absolutely. The issue comes with you know these guys walking Torres and. <laughs> You know, Andres Perea, where they fit the build. They might be too good for the minutes they get. You run into some issues. It's so uh, player by player, case by case. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait for Pereira. Uh, the talk's been, NYC has been, I guess, healthy, but we yeah. haven't had any word yet. And Joaquin, we're going to fit him into the plans in 24, apparently. What that looks like, I don't know. But He's got the talent. But where do you play him at? Because I kind of see him more like a winger when I see him play. I agree. And that spacing. He looks good in that spacing. I see it a lot like Quinn Sullivan. Um, right. Quinn is, you know, anyone who's watched Quinn Sullivan play knows he's got so much talent and so right. much raw skill. But where does he fit? You know, I think he's probably, both guys are probably best coming in off the wing. You saw Torres in Montreal a little bit. Mm -hmm. Had some of those special moments. Where do you put him in? Do you put him at the 10 and let everything run through him? Do you trust, you know, either of those guys to facilitate everything? Probably not, mm -hmm. but you don't want to drop them into, you know, a holding position where their best talents are, you know, not being used at all. Then you look up top and you want your clinical 
bigger guys and five foot four Joaquin Torres, if I have my numbers right, maybe <laughs> not going to be the, the biggest threat in the box. So exactly, it's got to be situational, I guess. And I don't think we found that situation this year. Yeah, and that's I guess that's the plan here for Jim to figure that out here. Well, we're talking about games. We're talking about 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, you can start getting ready right now by the Game Time app, one of our great sponsors here, ladies and gentlemen. Stressful moments for games, no such thing with Game Time app, guys. Uh, obviously, with the season of the Flyers and Sixers, I'm planning on going down. I want to get the best deal. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go down, maybe chill at Xfinity for a little bit right before the game, 30 minutes beforehand. I'm going to go right into the free app that is Game Time app. Check out the deals, and I'm going to snag my ticket, and you guys can do the same thing as well. Stress-free app here for buying not only tickets for sporting events, concerts, all different types of events. Make sure you guys check it out. Right now with our promo code PHLY, you can get $20 off your first purchase, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. PHLY is the code. $20 off for your first purchase. So, ladies and gentlemen, check out our friends over at the Game Time app, and make sure you guys use the promo code PHLY. All right. Jose says, oh, Marco Fabian had two goals and an assist. So this league has been, I guess because TikTok now knows my soccer love. So this league has been popping up on my FYP all the time. And so I'm like, I'm watching Marco Fabian's goals. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching all these crazy goals. But indoor soccer is pretty dope. I love it, Jose. The kicks at the 76ers place. If we do get that, at the, wherever that is. 76ers place will happen. Where? That's still up in the air. But that should be fun. Wouldn't it be surprised if the announcement of Adoya leaving drops on Friday evening a la U.S. Open Cup? Oh, my God. Bedoya, whoa. There is nothing more frustrating than a Friday evening news dump. Oh, kills your weekend. Kills your entire weekend. Saturday. I remember Casper's, Casper's trade happened on a Saturday morning. I think it was like around like this time too, like a December, January. Yeah. And like I'm ready to like do do like fun things with my my then girlfriend now fiance, and I'm like, babe, I, I gotta record. Casper just got traded to Chicago, so I I agree with you. Timing timing is everything. MLS, please please. Um, Bedoya to Red Bulls, a la Burke. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. I dude, I'd lose some faith in the sport. What would Jeff? That'd be like Jeff Carter to the Penguins. I go nah, because Ali's way more important. Dude, I we've never had that. <laughs> Imagine Bedoya going to the Red Bulls. We'd be losing it. <laughs> Imagining it hurts. Uh, Moby, oh okay. Moby Koi and I spoke this difficult business decision, especially when the union with the union ownership. Yeah, man. Kugo, Moby Kugo had a, a uh, what, like five seasons with the union, something like that. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, I, I completely get that. Unfortunately, team just doesn't like to dish the money. One point six mil for Bedoya in twenty twenty three. Oof, I don't know, man. It's definitely steep, but I, I think there's no way they can't get him on less than that. You yeah, know? I agree, man. I, I think you can find a way for a veteran deal rotation. You could probably find. I, I would hope that they could find something absolutely cheaper than that. Uh, Mike is planning his Austin trip. Okay, dude, Austin's a popular. I can't blame him. It's a fun town. A lot of soccer prowess as well. Getting those that live music as well. Pre-game at Franklin. I Franklin, what, Mike? Is that are you talking about a bar or are you talking about here in Franklin Philly? Mills Mall? Are we talking about Ben Franklin's actual house? I'll see you, David Buster's at the Mills, bro. <laughs> that is awesome here. Um, all right, let's get back to our conversation here. I mean, I want to get your thoughts because we're talking about building this team. I look at the Eastern Conference Finals this past year. I think those are two blueprints. 
that we're not too far away from. And I think that those are two blueprints that are attainable. I look at Columbus and I look at Cincinnati. They found identity. They found structure. Two well, two good managers. Obviously, we saw what Will for Nancy did in his first year. Yeah. Like everything is kind of unionish. But again, like Cuchornanes, Jesse uh, Mosquera, Alvaro Barrial, like these type of players. Like this is what these are the type of players that you you do need. Like these are players that make a little bit more. Obviously, they're not messy money. They're still young. They still have prime, dude. Like, what can we take away from both of these teams? You know, it's it's a promising thing, and it comes back to what we've been talking about. Their union blueprints. They're very similar. Cincinnati, in fact, you know, coming into the union and taking you know Albright and Noonan, uh, and you know a couple of players here and there, and really recreating what the union had. Columbus, you know, maybe built it a different way, but has a really similar setup. And there's one extra piece that they all have, and that's, you know, they're spending the money. And it doesn't always work. You know, you look at, with Cincinnati, $13 million for Brenner, who, while he did find some goals right before he left, wasn't really, wasn't worth $13 million. Dude, and they didn't get that all back. got the most out of that, man. Um, you look at, you know, they've spent the money elsewhere, though. Guys like Mascara, they've spent Columbus money on Cucho Hernandez, $10 million, which is... What's our record signing? 2.6, if I have it right. Uh, and nobody else over two. All right. There's one There's one thing missing. And, you know, I trust Jim Curtin. He can do it in this league. I know some people don't believe that, but I'll stand on that. Really, I'll, re- I'll really stand on the fact that our front office and our coaching staff, they're at the level. The roster is pretty much at the level. There's one thing missing, and that is, you know, taking those swings. You know, we got $20 million combined from Aronson and uh, McKenzie. We've seen less than five of that reinvested. Obviously, it's not that cut and dry, but still, right. there, there's money to be spent. And you're going to look at the Carranza money that's going to come in and be a lot. There's one thing missing, and they have they have to be able to take that swing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I and I think like the thing is with both of these teams, like I said, like the union have good coaching, good starting talent as well. Obviously, they're not, they're not spending the money that these teams are, but like they have things in place. But I think one of the big differences – Again, I go back to the depth. When Columbus can bring out Christian Ramirez in the second half, when Cincinnati can bring out our old friend Sergio Santos, which we know in the second half for 30 minutes, pray for your center backs. So, like, those are things that, like, we are we really just need, and that's really, I feel like we're only, we're only a bench away from being back in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think so, too. I mean, it. we were almost there this year. We were, you know, a very questionable decision away from... You know, <laughs> as much as that drove us all crazy for a couple of weeks, we we were in that game and we hung in that game against easily the best team in the league. You know, we were one, I think maybe after decision day, that game that didn't really end up mattering. Right. Two games out of second place, which would have been a whole different route and would have give, you know given us that second round at home. Um, huge, man. You know, I talked about even way back, you know, Orlando, we lost to Orlando with seven guys out in the international break in between CCL weeks. You know, it was a game that, you know, I don't think anyone in the world could tell you who was on that field that day for both teams. It was just sloppy and, you know, forgotten. And those are three points that, you know, could have had a second place going into the final week. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously, like Jose saying, Columbus, I, I don't like our chances against Columbus if that was the for sure the alternative. But, you know, it's not like this was a drastic, like horrible year for the union. They were really, you know, one unfortunate decision out of, in third straight Eastern Conference final, 
not many teams in this league have, you know, kept that level three straight years in the conference final. And Evan, this is why like this offseason and this year is so important because like it, it, it feels like I'm not saying it is, but it feels like we're almost at these crossroads where we can continue on the trajectory that we were at or we can head back into the other way. Absolutely. And so it's so important that Ernst and company get this offseason correct. It's so important that this season we get back on track and getting past the second round, yeah. getting back to Eastern Conference Finals, hopefully the MLS Cup Final. Uh, oh, okay. I've come, Mike, I completely forgot. So, yeah, Franklin Barbecue is one of the tops. If you're going to Austin, it's one of the top spots for barbecue. However, it's like, from my understanding, I'm not an Austin guy, but from my understanding, Franklin's Barbecue is like going to Geno's or Pat's Cheesesteaks if you're looking for cheesesteaks. Um, I went to an old town. I think it was called Old Town Mills. It was a little bit later, but that was solid barbecue. I even tried Egyptian barbecue, which was really good. That one was a little bit in outskirts. It's at an Austin FC brewery. It's where they have like games or they show the games live there and they always support Austin FC, but that is really dope. But yes, I, I would agree with you, Jose, if we would have met Columbus, especially in Columbus where notoriously uh, we haven't played them in the playoffs, but we don't play well no. in Columbus. It's, it's just always tough, especially now at their new stadium. Also, can't forget the breakthrough in MLS. Zell around to Saudi. Big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. Big deal for the league and their involvement in the Saudi project. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not crazy about the Saudi project out there, but I mean, they, they, wait, they actually, they didn't make that crazy money for Zell around, I thought. No, I believe it was only, I want to say six million. Um, yeah. Maybe as high as eight or nine, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what they could have gotten from him last year or the year right. before from Europe. Um, Definitely a big deal still, for sure, Jose. Um, yeah. I mean, what Zell Rounds not playing with Ronaldo, Sadio Mane, yeah. like Benzema. It's crazy to think for of. a guy that they wouldn't let go of, even when the offers were there. He has a European passport. European teams wanted him. That's why you know there were there were plenty of chances for him to go, and that was what, and that paved the way for Diego Rossi. That was you know that was always huge, what their plan was. So huge move for Colombo. Once again, you know, going to a guy that can clearly do it in MLS, can clearly do it at this level, and you know. Paying the money. That's more money than we would have spent on a guy. So there's one thing missing. Yeah, absolutely. Evan, I want to ask you. So with the offseason, we're kind of in the middle of it. We saw some time. What's the one thing you need to see from the union to do before the offseason ends? Yeah, like I've talked about, I mean, in a perfect world, they're spending lots of money. But that's going to come entirely down to if Carranza leaves, how much he leaves for, when he goes, so, you know, I'm not trying to get my hopes up for something that could be, you know, derailed to something out of our control. Uh, I, th I think the big thing is I want to see a commitment from the front office. I want to see what we thought this front office was up until, you know, maybe the last couple of months. Part of like a really big part of this team. And I want to see that they want to at least make an effort to keep, you know, our legends here. Or, you know, they want to make an effort to bolster the squad in the ways we need to. And it's just felt for the first time that I can think of back five, six years that, you know, not everyone within the club, especially in these big positions, is super involved and, in, you know, wants us to be as successful as we can be. And that, you know, that's a strange feeling. And that's something I really would like to see fixed. And, you know, in a perfect world, like I said, that's going out, probably replacing Julian Carranza with someone that can, you know, might be a little bit expensive, but can, can prove it. Okay. I, I agree. No, I, I completely agree with you. The the commitment thing is so important because I, I remember in 2019, before that season started, there was that same conversation. 
where are we at? Like, how committed are you? Are we just trying to be like that borderline mediocre, you know, Sixers in the 2010 type of team? Yeah. Like, we're just trying to make the playoffs and that's it. And then Marco Fabian got signed. And I think like there was like a sense of the fan base, like, okay, so maybe they are serious. Like, they're spending money on Marco Fabian. We all know that player. So I agree with you. I think we're back kind of into that, like the commitment thing. Like, okay, we've been in Eastern Conference Finals three, three straight or two straight years. We've been in the MLS Cup Finals. Like, but what else? What are we else we trying to do? We, we, we have one trophy for all, or sorry, I guess you can consider two trophies for these last five years, which is cool and all, but there's still no MLS Cup in there. There's still no Champions League. Uh, we still don't have a U.S. Open Cup despite all the finals that we played in as well. So, like, I think that is so important. Seeing that commitment from this team, I think that that's, that's you nailed it right there, man. Um, no crazy money, but a firm, yes. Interest for sure. And, you know, it's funny because, like, Jose, like, I even go back to when Miggy got signed. Yeah. I think that, to me, was the big deal signing for Absolutely. this league. And I think that showed the world, okay, they are brewing talent. Maybe we can look into it. And now you're seeing Jack Harrison playing very well for the Toffees. Shout out the Toffees. Um, players like that playing really well all, all throughout Europe. We need to see Damian Lowe not advocate for Mason Greenwood. Guy needs to pipe that. Wow, I did not see that. But yeah. that is wild and true. Okay. Uh, well, oh, so doesn't Mason now play with Jamaica? Uh, there was rumors of that okay. happening, but I don't know if, I don't know if that's not. happened yet. But yeah. Agreed. Agreed, Jose. Agreed. Um, all right. I want to look real quick at some news and notes, and we're going to get Evan's thoughts on some of the things that are going on around the league. Evan, we can't start this off. Without talking about the one Fabio uh, Fabio dropped uh, Romano dropped here this today, dude, you go to Luis to LAFC, yeah. you go from the Mac Daddy to World Cup winning, yeah, dude, like that, that is absolutely wild if true here. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously Romano's tweeting it out. You know, it's not Chris Donovan, but you know, I'm I'm sure he'll too. <laughs> uh, you know, it's obviously it's not official, but it seems like it's it's close. And I'm gonna be honest, I, I like the move for them. Obviously, you know. It fits this build of, you know, older guys coming who are probably definitely past their prime. Goalkeeper is a little bit different, of course, but, you know, bringing in a name more for the jersey sales, less for the play on the field. Then again, Hugo Lloris, before, you know, having some issues with injury and a little bit of bad form last mm. year, he was one of the best in the world. And honestly, for, you know, what LAFC can offer him, it's probably not going to be super expensive for them. They're probably going to pay him equal or less than they were paying uh, Maxime Cropo who I think the bigger part of this is that he's probably going to walk now because yeah. he's one of the best goalkeepers in this league. They're not going to have both. And it was just kind of, obviously nothing in this league is ever simple, but it seems like them re-signing him was going to be really straightforward. And we were just kind of waiting for the announcement uh, for the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, this opens up the door for one of the best goalkeepers in the league to go to five, 10 teams that could take him in a heartbeat. In fact, there's probably 20 teams that would benefit from him, if not more. Uh, I can think of at least five, six teams that should be picking up the phone the second that tweet went out. Looking for Capel, obviously uh, McCarthy, like you said. Uh, struggled a little bit this year, but um, I struggled a little bit in the later part of the year before Capel came back. Mm -hmm. Was good in the beginning. Thinks I, I believe he thinks that he can you know, get a starting job somewhere in the West. I think Matt Freeze was a great example. Okay. Someone, even if it's not you know, an open position... Freeze went knowing he could fight for that role and, you know, it took him four or five months and he got that job. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like it's his job going forward, going into the new year. And I think McCarthy is probably going to stay somewhere where he can get that. And here, that's not going to happen. So I know I people, have been, people have been constantly saying, like, making that connection. I know he's got family nearby. He wants, he wanted to be back here. Um, 
from what I've seen and what I've heard, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but you know, not gonna roll it out. Yeah. I don't think anyone would be upset with it. I can't blame the fan base because we do this in every sport. Like the yeah. minute there's like a Philly guy, guy who used to play for the team, we have like a need, like, yo, go sign him. Like, right, Tyler? Like, that's always people a- were clamoring for oh, Gene Segura last year <laughs> after he was cut like 87 times. Yeah. Like, and I get it. Like, it's the Philly thing. And I think the also, too, the, the uncertainty of now your backup position probably goes to Holden Trent, who was, you know, and they don't use draft picks, so they drafted this kid. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think a majority of the fan base knows anything about him, and I don't think, quite frankly, any of us no. know a whole lot about him because we've not seen him in game action. So I, I think that in this particular instance, you have the, like, the melting pot of McCarthy's a homegrown, or not a homegrown, but a hometown guy, and... Also, what's what is Holden Trent? Who is Holden Trent? We don't know what the kind of goal, goalkeeper he is, and if Andre's going to be missing time with Jamaica, like we expect him to have have happen, I think that there has to be some semblance of a fallback plan. And, and I don't know if anybody, anybody's ready to trust Trent yet because they've not seen him. Andre Blake is going to miss time. We know that this year. Copa America Thanks. is right in the middle of June. With you know, there's quite a few games. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's five, six games he'll miss, a lot like last year with the Gold Cup. Uh, there's other you know situations we saw him get hurt last year and as much as joe bendig was a great human being to speak to you know off the field yeah, he cost us quite a few points i would say <laughs> um maybe people were a little harsher on him than they should have been but he, he cost us some points plain and simple and i think it was actually jose who was reporting that uh, uh tanner said we're gonna bring in someone yeah. there's a solution and it should be soon so obviously trent isn't who they think can fill that gap now trent you know Everyone who's seen him says that there's talent and that he's a good goalkeeper, but yeah, just there's going to be someone in the middle. There's going to be someone behind Blake and in front of him, and it it seems almost certain that someone will you know come in and take that spot. And who it is, we don't know yet. But I trust Ernst Tanner. I trust his scouting. I trust you know. There's plenty of good goalkeepers that have come up through this club, through the academy. Uh, multiple starters in this league have you know come through uh, the union system. Yeah, I trust our ability, and I think the other big thing, some of the union two stuff, Andrew Rick. Uh, he is he's incredible he is really good for his age he is i think he's the future at the goalkeeper position for us in a couple of years but he's nowhere near ready to be getting first team minutes no it is an interesting topic because you're talking about it's like how do you compare this this is like talking like the backup to like pat mahomes or something this is the best at this position here in this league so i I mean i I was actually real quick just looking because i thought thomas romero was a free agent here but um i think he is actually still Cherry Hill zone here, but um, yeah. to that position, it's so important because, like you guys said, Andre Blake, not sure if he's going to play with McCarthy. I, why, why wouldn't McCarthy bet on himself? Like he, he definitely should. But if you're coming here, you know what the deal is. Yeah. You're here to back up Andre. You may play some time in the summer because of Andre's call ups here, and that's really it. I think what the union will and should be looking at is going back to, if you guys remember, when we had Carlos Coronel here, although it was a loan deal, but that was a guy who just couldn't get minutes at Salzburg, comes here, and he had some significant starts in yep. 2019 with the Union, and so obviously he's been in the league, in the league ever since he came back from Salzburg. Maybe one of the best saves I've ever seen in person. Absolutely. And so I think that is kind of where they're looking at until they see what happens with some of the young keepers that they got. They did draft one as well. Uh, so I think that for right now, the Union... Like Ernst has said, like Jose said as well, they will find someone. 
in the meantime. And then we will, of course, uh, watch to see some of these young players develop as well. The last bit of news here I want to talk about. Actually, sorry. The second bit of news I want to talk about. Uh, the Leon Flock rumors. Uh, we have more rumors. This has been happening all throughout the year. Uh, but we have, it looked like this one actually came from, is it Danish or, or German um, source here? 90 Minutes. Yeah. 90minutes.de. But according to them, they are looking at Werder Bremen. And this is the, uh, this is the second time we've heard this before. Um, I, I, I guess my question is, Leon, obviously, this year kind of took a step back. Not his fault. Injuries happened, yeah. right? But before that, if we guys can take a little bit of a rewind here, Leon was in a place where he was developing his attacking, like his build-up game. Like he was great defensively, stout defensively. But when you're talking about helping in the attack, helping in the final third, that was a challenge. He was approving upon that in 2022. But then 23 happened. He doesn't really get out there. So I'm just like, like I'm just curious because like if you're gonna play in the Bundesliga, I would feel like you're more of a polished player, both on the attack as you are in defense. So it is interesting. And you need reportedly are valuing him at three mil, three million dollars. So like, are these rumors actually legit? You think? So we'll see. Uh, Ninety minute. They have a United States branch that tends to be pretty solid um, with some MLS news. It's a little bit newer, but. They tend to be pretty reliable, uh, and this is just their German affiliate. Okay. So, yeah, I saw this this morning. It's the same source that it came from back in August, um, and I looked into it, you know, Google Translate and all that, since it's all in German, and from from what I gathered, nothing has been concrete. The, t- the, two, t- uh, the two clubs haven't actually spoken officially yet, uh, but it's the same interest, and with the Bundesliga, you get a lot of, you know, that's a lot of games really close together. It's a very physical league, very fast-paced league. So you need guys that are versatile. Uh, and, you know, Leon Falk is a guy with a German passport who has said he wants to play in the Bundesliga. It's his dream. Um, and he's a great value guy who can play three, four positions, and he's left-footed, which a lot of teams look for, and that can help increase his value uh, in certain situations. They were saying $3 million, or three million euros, which is a little over $3 million, and he's valued at four. Transfer market, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. everyone has a different value on a player. Um, Except Toronto runs that a little different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, if we got three, three and a half million dollars for Leon Flock, he gets to go to the place he's wanted to play his whole life and, you know, continue to develop a team, get something they need. I don't see any losers in this situation. I don't I don't doubt that at all. It's interesting because Verter, you know, after getting relegated, didn't get promoted. They're playing great this year. They've been like throughout like the top 10 of the Bundesliga. So it is interesting. It is interesting if Leon Flock, if these rumors are do come to fruition here. I, I, I hope nothing but the best for Leon. Obviously, this year truly sucked for him going yeah. through those injuries. He has been improving, and that's the important part. And we'll see if that does come to fruition over the German team. But last bit of tidbits. The Phillies announced here today the city, well, not the Phillies, but the rumor is City Connects could be something we're familiar with. Well, if you were a fan of the four U kits, the, the the lightning stripes going down the shirt, the the ones we lost the MLS Cup in, well, you could be seeing another re- reiteration of it as the Phillies could be bringing back the blue and yellow. It's funny. I mean, I saw a lot of like this for it because the Eagles one, granted, wasn't the best, but yeah. I see it, dude, and I I obviously think of the Union one, so I, I get like said, I'm like, I get to watch my Phillies in those colors. I'm you in. know, I, I would take it. Obviously, you know, I'm a bigger Union guy than a Phillies guy. For sure. Still, you know. Born and raised in the city, love the Phillies. They got the powder blues. I don't know how you work in a light blue and yellow, but you know, 
that those colors can work. We've seen it firsthand. So For sure. All the way to the almost cup. We gotta ask we gotta, we gotta ask our producer Tyler here about this because obviously he's passionate I about don't know all if you three want of these. That. <laughs> You're not a fan of these. So I uh, I took a lot of flack earlier in the year uh, when I was in for you with Renee. Okay. Um, the, the for you jerseys just they're not for me. Okay. They're, the, the for yous are not for me. I know that that sounds so cheesy, and I'm sorry for that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I and I made I made mention like I think the apparel looks great. I think the fans in the stands wearing the jerseys look great. I just on the pitch I like the home blues a little bit better. I feel you. Um, and I think it probably maybe maybe it stems from the fact that like that 07 Eagles jersey was one of the worst jerseys to ever exist. And like the the flat colors are cool and all, but like it, yeah, it's it, I, I, I'm sorry, it's just whatever the Phillies put out here is if it's going to be based on that flag scheme, it's probably a miss for me. All right, all right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Should be fun, but. It was fun here, Evan. I really appreciate yeah. you coming here, man. Let the people know where they can find your work, you on Twitter, all the all that good stuff. Absolutely. I'm on Twitter at SOB underscore Evan. I do my best to balance, you know, having a good time and being a fan with trying to get the information and the stats that I find interesting out. Uh, and then my work as well as the work of many others is at Philadelphia Soccer Now. Absolutely. We love Philadelphia Soccer Now. We love Evan's work as well. Guys, make sure you guys are following, checking out his work. Big thank you to Evan. Big thank you to Tyler Zuli behind the glass here today helping us out guys big shout out to renee make sure you guys spam her comment section on twitter telling her we love you we miss you uh guys that's gonna do it for this edition of phly union podcast i'm jp sapata we're telling you guys to enjoy the rest of your weekend and happy new year we'll see you in 24 guys we all silly like the mayor 